It's so interesting to me how sorrow and strength can be so interconnected. How what feels as though it will completely break you, if placed in the hands of God, is what becomes the very thing that will make you. Welcome to the Becoming Fluent in Grief podcast. I am your host, Stacy Sanchez, and I am so glad you are here. Grief. Have you ever been in a place like grief? It's almost as if you stepped off into a foreign country. You look around, nothing looks familiar. You have no way to express what you're feeling in your heart in a way that other people can understand. Everything seems different. Nothing seems the same. And yet here you are. Grief. How do we walk out this journey of grief and do it well? I think it takes becoming fluent in the language of grief. And that's what this podcast is all about. I don't have all the answers, but I have walked the journey of grief. And I hope that together, as we share an honest conversation, as we dig deep into grief to mine the treasures that are tucked into this season of life, that we can find the tools that we need to become fluent so that we can not only live this journey out, but that we can live it out well. All right, let's get to it. I often think, and I have even went so far as to tell some people, that if my husband, who passed away six years ago, was somehow able to come back now, he would take one quick look at me and exclaim, Girl, what happened to you? To which I would reply, You, you leaving is what happened to me. Now, six years later, in so many respects and in so many ways, I have no doubt I would be almost unrecognizable to the one who knew me so well. For starters, I feel as though I have aged at least 30 years in the last six. Or, I don't know, maybe 40 years. Make no mistake about it, grieving is hard work. It's taxing, it's exhausting. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. Think about it. Tears that fall uncontrollably sleep that comes sporadically, reminders of loss that pop up unexpectedly, forward motion that happens hesitatingly and only by God's grace and strength miraculously. My hair, it's grayer. My face, more deeper wrinkled. My stamina, it's weaker too. My breathing, more labored, and my eyes, I fear, they are a bit dimmer too. To be honest, sometimes I even look in the mirror and I ask myself, girl, come on, what happened to you? Yes, grief definitely changes you. Sorrow, no doubt, affects you. 
and while my physical appearance would definitely catch my husband by surprise, once he got over the shock and he spent even the tiniest amount of time with me, he would soon discover that I have changed in other dramatic ways too, and I imagine you have too. A slowing down and a soaking in, a taking notice of, a marveling at, a giving thanks for, a deeper realization of what matters most, a greater understanding of the brevity of life, all interwoven and completely intermingled with a dire urgency to make each moment of life count. An intentionality and a purposefulness in each yes or each no. An uncompromisingly bold resolve to not be swayed by the opinions of others, to no longer be governed by the approval of man, to never be sold out again to the system of this world. A deeper, truer faith and an unswerving desire to surrender my plans for God's, to submit my will for God's, to hold on if God says so, to let go if God says so, to trust all the way, to obey all the way, to serve, honor, please, and glorify my God all the way, even and especially in this season of grief. Not halfway, not two-thirds of the way, not three-fourths of the way, not even 99.9% of the way, but all the way. No matter who, no matter what, no matter where, no matter when, no matter why, no matter how. To seek first his kingdom, to walk by faith and not by sight, to lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways, especially in this season of grief, to acknowledge him, to be transformed by the renewing of my mind so I won't be conformed to the ways of this world, Desperately pant for God the way a deer desperately pants for water. To desire his truth in my inward parts. To worship my God in spirit and in truth through my tears in the midst of my heartache. To live a life worthy of the calling of Christ Jesus my Lord. To die to self that his spirit might live in me and through me, despite me, despite my circumstances, despite my heartache, despite my loss. Yes, if my man looked closer, he would discover soon enough that alongside the obvious, not to be missed, can't help but be seen physical decay and wear and tear of grief, there has also risen up in me a deeper spiritual strength that cannot be missed. 
a strength that no doubt was born out of my sorrow, a direct result of my grief. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen, those are eternal. 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18 It's so interesting to me how sorrow and strength can be so interconnected. How what feels as though it will completely break you, if placed in the hands of God, is what becomes the very thing that will make you, that will make you stronger, make you bolder, make you wiser, make you meeker and more humbly desperate for God. And I often think, and I have even went so far as to talk about it with the Lord in prayer, if my husband was somehow able to come back now, he would take one quick look at me and exclaim, Girl, what happened to you? But then, ah, but then, upon closer inspection, he would take another look, smile a smile uniquely his own, and with the nod of his head, he would remark, I like it. I do. I like these changes a lot, beautiful. Me too, handsome. Me too. I'll gladly take the unseen, even if they come at great cost to the scene, any day and every time. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 6. It is in our grief, it is in all the changes that grief is inevitably going to bring to our life the physical changes, the mental changes the emotional changes, the spiritual changes. We are going to experience change, but we have a say-so in how we allow that change to change us. We can choose how we are going to take it, apply it, process it, work through it, and make the best of it. A sleepless night can be spent tossing and turning, angry at God, fists flying into our pillow, or we can take that time and we can use it sometimes with tears and with anger and use it as a time to talk with our God, to share with him what we're feeling, to turn it into a moment of prayer, a moment that may take us out of our bed and right down to our knees but a place that brings us face to face with our God. The Bible promises that God is near to the broken heart, and I know he is. I can testify to that. 
And if we can take those sleepless nights and use it as an opportunity to draw closer to God, what a blessing that becomes. If we can take the heartache and we can take the tears and we can take our own sorrow and we can allow it to stir up in us a compassion for those around us who are shedding their own tears, who are going through their own sorrow, who are trying to hold their own broken heart together in a million pieces in their hand, then good can be found in that. So much of what we go through has the power to make us stronger, to make us a vessel that God can then use to come along and comfort and encourage others. God doesn't waste anything. And if we give him our loss, if we give him every piece of our loss, God can use it in amazing ways to grow us, to strengthen us, to change us, to bring about good. The choice is ours. We have no control over this change that has happened in our life, but we can choose how we allow that change to change us. Let's allow God to do an amazing work in us and through us as we go through each and every change. If we do that, if we trust God with the changes and we look for God in the changes and we make the most of these changes, we will have taken another step in becoming fluent in the language of grief. Before I go, I just want to encourage you, if this episode has been helpful to you in any way, please, please share it. There are so many people out there who are walking through grief, and if anything that is said here can encourage them or help them or strengthen them, then that would bless my heart no end. And also, if you would do me a favor, and if you would subscribe to my podcast, and also, if you feel so led, leave a review. This is one way that the podcast will move up and more people will be able to find it when they search for something on grief. So important, those reviews and those likes, those shares, those comments, those subscribing. So if you can please do that for me, I would truly appreciate it. And then I just want to let you know that I have a couple of resources that you might find helpful in your own walk through grief, or if you know somebody who's going through grief. I've written two books. One is called If Only I Could, and the other is called You'll Be Fine, Beautiful, You've Got God. These are not how-to books. They are simply my walk through grief. They are the raw, honest, uh, yeah, just the raw, honest journey through grief. But they're full of encouragement. They're full of the ways that God met me in these places. They're just full of hope as well as being transparent and authentic and real. If you are interested in either of those, look in the show notes to this episode and you will find links to both of the books there where then you can find more information or you can purchase them there. I am looking so forward to this journey with you because I do believe that as we talk about grief, as we are willing to embrace our grief, that we can become fluent in grief. All right, we'll see you next time.